there's a there's a question that we have to ask around uh, immunity when we talk to our health. And how do we improve our immunity? What are the tips that we need to think about to do? What do we need to avoid? And in fact, what does it mean when we say we have a strong immune system or she or he has a weak immune system? To give us more information on that, immunologist and professor at the University of Pretoria is uh, Prof. Teresa Rousseau. Prof, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to your listeners. When we talk about the um, human immune system, what actually are we talking about? It's I think not it's like an incredibly a, it's not complex like system. <laughs> so it consists of, um, you know, different tissues, different cells in the body. So it's not just one organ. It's really distributed throughout the body. Um, and these cells and tissues talk to one another all the time to try and maintain a healthy balance within the immune system. So perhaps when we think about the immune system, the word that we should really be focusing on is the word system, because it's not actually an organ as such. It is a system that operates with a whole bunch of different uh, parts of our body. Absolutely. I think that's the best way to see it. We're used to thinking of an organ, you know, like a heart or a lung, but the immune system is really throughout the body. So seeing it as a system is, is the most accurate way. What's it made up of and how does it work? So um, it starts really in the bone marrow where all the new immune cells are manufactured. Um, yeah. And then some of those cells go to the thymus where they are educated in how to recognize self from non-self. So that's probably the most important function of the immune system is to recognize an invader, you know, a pathogen or a cell that has gone rogue, you know, a cell that's becoming mm. malignant. Um, but how to protect the body its own at the same time. So there's a whole process of education that happens. And then these cells, some of them distribute through the body to patrol and look for um, abnormal cells or invaders. So they're in the mucosa, you know, in the nose, in the lungs, in the gut. Um, whereas others are stored in the lymph nodes or in the spleen, where they're really waiting to be activated. So it's a whole um, complex system of different cells with different molecules that they use to communicate with one another. If we think of those little, um, I'm thinking of them as little warrior cells that are marching through our body and just checking up in corners and seeing, you know, where there might be a hidden virus. Is it only viral or do they also look uh, for bacteria? What What is your immune system or those little cells, those little warrior cells? What are they looking for when they want to protect you? Yes, so I think seeing them as, as little warriors is quite accurate. You know, I always describe them as soldiers that are patrolling the body. And yeah. they're looking for any abnormal signal. So when there's any pathogen, so it can be a virus, a bacterium, um, a fungus, um, anything that's an invader, will have a specific molecular pattern. So a lot of these cells are looking for these patterns. And when they recognize it, some of them will ingest that that organism and then travel to the lymph nodes where it presents part of that organism to your T cells, the ones that are able to create an adaptive immune response. So those are the ones that can make, um, they can either make soldiers that can fight and destroy all these pathogens, or it can activate your B cells, which will make antibodies. Um, and these antibodies can then also destroy the path pathogens in specific ways. Um, it also looks for patterns of cells that have changed. So as we have these molecular patterns for the bacteria or the other invaders, 
um, cells that have changed also have specific cell uh, or patterns that can be recognized by the immune system. So it's looking for both of those things. You know, I know this is a ridiculous thing to say, but sometimes I feel like we, we look so far afield into space and we're looking beyond space. If we just looked in our body, I mean, it is the most extraordinary um, instrument and and space of uh, ingenuity and innovation if ever, isn't that just the case? <laughs> Definitely. I think it's the most fascinating place to look. And I honestly feel we've just started scratching the surface. Yeah. There's so much that we still don't under understand, um, especially about the interaction between cells, because that's a very difficult thing to measure. Yeah. Um, we've made a lot of strides. You know, we're working in an era of single cell technology where we can get the whole genome of a cell and understand it better. Um, so I think in the next years, we will, we'll, there will really be a lot of new insights. Um, but yeah. there is a lot that we still have to learn. So if we go, Prof, um, to that immune system, how do we, we often talk about her immune system weakening or immune system dysfunction. How do we strengthen our immune system and how is it weakened? Yes, so I think the important concept is about balance. Yeah. So um, it's about because the immune system has different functions and arms. So just to give you an example, um, if there is an invader, your body needs to create a lot of inflammation. And inflammation is just all the immune cells coming to that site of infection to get rid of um, mm. the pathogen. So think about an abscess that forms. Um, but after that, all that inflammation has to be switched off again. And that is done by a different arm of the immune system. So the idea is that we should have a balance between the activation and the switching off of the immune system. So having a strong immune system, we usually mean that this system is in balance. It can accurately respond to a pathogen when it is there, but it, at the same time, it's able to um, suppress all of that inflammation. And if your body is not able to do that, that often leads to disease as well. So if you think about autoimmune disease, for instance, um, that is the immune system recognizing cells that are actually healthy cells that should not be destroyed and not being able to switch off that inflammation when it's, once it's been activated. So I would like people to think about balance rather than about a strong or a weak immune system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having said that, you know, there are things that we know that can improve this balance and things that are detrimental to the balance. Which is what? So, um, you know, the things that are good for our immune system are the most difficult things to do. It's the stuff that we all know um, are yeah. good for our health, um, but that, that really take a lot of discipline and um, are, are quite difficult to work into a very busy lifestyle. So we're thinking about a healthy diet. And with that, I mean a really balanced diet, um, including a lot of nutrients, preferably preservative-free, um, yeah. preferably without any um, pesticides or, um, you know, any, um, any things that are not natural to the body. So if you can have fresh fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, all of those things are really important um, as well as the interaction between them. It's not just about the individual nutrients, but it's also how it's put together within an, a fruit or within a nut that is really important. The other big um, issue is stress. So we know that chronic stress is incredibly detrimental to the immune yeah. system. Um, so it releases all these fight and flight hormones 
um, like adrenaline and cortisol that suppress the immune system. So it's important to find ways to release stress. You know, stress is an important part of life, but it's as important to find a way to get rid of stress. So exercising, spending time outside, you know, walking, um, doing activities that you enjoy, you know, those things are are really fundamental. Um, Getting enough sleep. Um, and, you know, it sounds like the, really the basics and that those are the things that we need to focus on. We do have a question for you. We'll just go to the question. And, and when we come back, I've just got a couple of other thoughts I'd like to run with you. Go for it. Michelle Constant on SAFM. Morning, Mish. Would you ask, Doctor, about the autoimmune, has she's autoimmune thyroiditis? Possibly what the cause is, um, I am on treatment. I'd just like a little more information, if possible. Thank you. So we are talking to Professor Teresa Rousseau, an immunologist and professor at the University of Pretoria. Prof, uh, thyroiditis and I think immune um, systems or immune autoimmunity, how does that work? Yes, so it's a very complex um causality pathway as well and that's often not well understood so firstly there seems to be a genetic predisposition so some people will just be more likely because of their genes to develop an autoimmune disease but that on its own is never enough it usually takes an environmental trigger as well Um, and that can be many things it can be toxins um, it can be an infection Um, It can be, uh, you know, things that we are still trying to understand, like pollution, diet, but something triggers that immune system to go into overdrive. And then that combination of factors will then, um, for instance, if you think about thyroiditis, it means that the immune system is now attacking the thyroid cells, which are um, normal cells in the body that should be protected. So something specific happened to the immune system that it now thinks that these thyroid cells are abnormal and they're dangerous to the body. Um, so there's a lot of work going on to try and understand why specifically would it be the thyroid cells that are um, attacked. For Or for instance, if you have rheumatoid arthritis, why it would be the collagen or um, the, the soft tissue around the joints that's being attacked. Um, so it is a complex interplay of factors, um, and there's once again not one simple answer or one simple solution. You know, the, the idea of an autoimmune um, breakdown or autoimmunity, uh, autoimmune disease is something that I think a lot of people are thinking about and are, are aware of. And we, we don't realize that there are a lot of these which happen. It's almost as if the body is like fighting itself Describe some of them to us. What are, what are some of the things that we should be aware of? Yes, so what we've seen um, after COVID is that a lot of people have developed diabetes, especially children. Um, and that is a classic case where the immune system has now been hyperactivated by the infection. Um, and for some reason, it now starts attacking the pancreatic cells that are supposed to make insulin. Um, and we find that the body makes what we call autoantibodies. So antibodies against the self, against those cells. Um, Poorly understood why specifically against the pancreatic cells. Um, But for instance, that's not what we're dealing with in the last two years. Um, But there are many other conditions. So if somebody has an autoimmune disease, um, depending on where the focus is of that disease, it will often present with um, recurrent infections or a lot of joint pain. A lot of these are focused on the joints. 
Um, it can be neurological symptoms. So if we're thinking about things like lupus, they often present with skin manifestations or also neurological manifestations. So it's very, very diverse. And for some of the autoimmune diseases, it can take many years before um, we actually come to the correct diagnosis. Because in many of them, we don't have a simple test that we can use. You know, that's, that can be mm. a confirmed diagnosis. Um, so it's the clinical picture together with the blood tests. And sometimes as the disease progresses, it becomes more obvious to um, what the, the diagnosis is. So, Prof, this is something I recently heard. Apparently in cancer, there's something new called immunotherapy, which one can uh, engage with. Um, what is that? Yeah, so that has really changed a lot of the cancers. If we think about melanoma, skin cancer, um, yeah. that has improved survival dramatically. And how it works is your body, your immune cells, once they need to be switched off, um, they have molecules that they express on their surface that we call immune checkpoints. Mm. Now, the cancer cells are very clever in that way, in that they induce these immune checkpoints on the cells. So they actually make these cells go into a state where they can no longer respond to this cancer cell. It can see it, it can see it's an abnormal cell, but it cannot fight it. Now, what the immune checkpoint blockers, these, this is the immunotherapy, what they do is they switch off those immune checkpoints on the cell. So they reactivate the cell so that it's now wow. able to see the, path or the the abnormal cell and also attack it once again. I, I mean, it's just incredible what can be done. It's amazing. The body yes, is that's really amazing. Amazing. Yes. So um, you, Janet and Cockstadt wants to know, is there any difference, and you did mention this earlier, in the nutrition of homegrown fruit and vegetables as opposed to mass-produced, chemically treated? I mean, she says, I know it tastes much better, but does it then impact um, one's, one's uh, lifestyle and health as well? Yes, we, we really believe that it does. Um, one of the major reasons is that um, the, the fruits and vegetables are often harvested, harvested very early. Um, for mass production. And then, um, like tomatoes, for instance, they will be um, put in a freezer or in a fridge, you know, where they will mature, but they don't get the same kind of nutrients from the soil as something that you grow in your garden, you pick and you eat, the, you know, on the same mm. the same day. So definitely the, the nutritional value goes down when you have something that's been mass produced, um, put in a, stole, a, a, co a, a cold room for prolonged periods of time. All of those things do detract from the nutritional value. Okay, so we've got a question for you here as well. Good morning, it's Lou Ann here from KZN. I just want to know, kimchi and kefir, how good is that for rheumatoid arthritis? Would it help? Kimchi and kefir, how good is it for rheumatoid arthritis? So there's no evidence that it helps. Um, you know, in medicine, we try to really look at evidence-based medicine. Um, the problem with a lot of products that are seen as natural is that they haven't gone through any rigorous testing. So they can claim that they can do a lot of things, but there are actually no data behind it um, to prove it. So um, kefir and those kind of, of substances can definitely help with the gut. A healthy gut helps the immune system to function. But to take it a step um, further and to say that it's going to help with rheumatoid arthritis, I don't think we have any evidence to, to suggest that it can. 
So I have a question for you. I've recently heard um, that they're looking at the what long COVID could look like, what it is. And I, I can't recall where I read this, but they were saying that that long COVID potentially looks like an, an HPV, a human papillomavirus, in that it subsides and then it explodes and then it subsides and then it explodes. And when you're stressed, it comes back up again. Would that be something that um, would be linked to the immune system? Yes, absolutely. So it's one of the things we, we're working on at the moment is trying to understand what long COVID is. One of the theories, you're quite right, is that it's a persistent virus that in some way becomes latent in the body um, and the <laughs> that it gets activated every now and again and that triggers the immune system. The other thing um, is that some people believe it's just the immune system that's been hyperactivated. And for some reason, those checks and balances are thrown out of whack and the immune system cannot be. Um, it takes a very, very long time for the immune system to come back down to a balanced state again. Um, other people, you know, there are a lot of trials that are going on. Some people have shown that there are little micro clots so that um, if the immune system activates the platelets and the lining of the blood vessels, the endothelium, one can get little tiny blood clots that form. Um, so some of the trials that are ongoing at the moment is trying to, to find these blood clots and to treat them if they are there. Um, so hopefully in the next year or so, we should have more information. Um, there are currently a lot of treatment um, trials, especially overseas that are being done. Um, and then also a lot of studies trying to look at the, the underlying path pathology um, so that we can have a proper approach to treatment. You know, um, I suppose in closing, and we've got lots of people asking questions, but not just asking questions. Uh, James and Limpopo saying, thanks for a most informative and fascinating discussion, which really talks to the complexity of our immune system's functions. Uh, Eleanor saying, you are incredibly interesting. The professor is incredibly interesting. I must say, I, I would absolutely agree with her. Um, in closing, if we look at our immune system and how critical it is to our body and to our health, I mean, ultimately, I imagine that if you've got a very strong immune system, your body can resist uh, so many illnesses and diseases or certainly help you heal faster if one just makes sure and certainly works at keeping one's immune system working. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I think it's important to understand that it is a lifelong um, awareness of the health of one's immune system. Like we know, we need to look after our heart and after our brain. We need to also look after our immune system. Um, and unfortunately, there, there are no quick fixes. You know, just taking a supplement is not going to make your immune system work better. But if mm. we strive to have that healthy, balanced lifestyle, the immune system will be um, able to do its job properly, which is to control, make sure that um, you can fight against infection when it comes up. It can destroy the abnormal cells when it finds them without damaging the normal tissue. So I think that is the aim. If we think about balance, think about, you know, how can we get that as part of our lifestyle? Um, that it's not just when we are ill that we think about the immune system, but it's something we should be thinking out continuously. You know, how can we keep our immune system healthy and happy?
Teresa Rousseau, thank you so much for joining us. She's an immunologist and professor at the University of Pretoria, writing a really interesting article in The Conversation, which is a website for um, academic uh, readings and the like. It's theconversation.com. And the article is, How Do I Improve My Immunity? She really um, does look at some fascinating things there as well.